Hello, and welcome to Opera Apéro. I'm your host, Sophia. And on today's show, we're hanging out with my friend, Ella. Hi, everyone. <laughs> and we are going to talk about the Hungarian opera by Bella Bartok called Bluebeard's Castle. Ooh, okay. And the reason I selected this opera is because Ella requested something evil. Hell yes. (laughs) But, so before we get into the opera, Ella, some questions, so just so the people can get to know you. Sweet. Love it. How do we know each other? Um, Yeah, so we know each other through Rachel, who was actually on the last episode. So Sophia works with Rachel, and I am Rachel's roommate. Um, We have known each other now for... I don't know how long. The same amount of time as Rachel because... Really? We were both... I met... I was at that birthday party that she had. Oh. And the very first one. Yeah. And like the, a week after I arrived in Berlin. So almost two years now. We had the same Berlin birthday. Oh, I love that. I forgot that. And yeah. And it's so good. Yeah. So we're almost reaching our two-year birthday. Um, but yeah. So we are also in a D&D group together, which is new. It's been two sessions so far but i'm very excited to see where that goes as well i wasn't sure if you would mention the D and like out me as a D nerd well, or not you know we have to <laughs> it's fine <laughs> yes okay um next question is have you been to an opera before yes Ooh, okay. Well, kind of. Um, so I, I have two things. One of them is that I just feel like I have like a real opera uh, and it might just be a fake memory. Um, it seems like something my mom would drag me to very young. I feel like I remember something having like screens with Italian subtitles on the side, but I it could be a completely fake memory. Um, what I have been to is that I... Um, Before I moved to Germany, I took a German program at Middlebury, which was like an immersive language school over the summer. Um, And in addition to being known for these language schools, they're specifically known for their language school for opera singers, like the German school for opera singers. There's a specific one. I was not in it. I was in the regular German school. Um, But we had classes with all of the opera kids, um, and they put on a show um at like kind of the end of the program and they did a whole opera in German and it was beautiful and it was funny because I actually understood everything that was happening I don't really remember it it was like it's like der Gärtner von Liebe or something it was all about this like uh, aristocratic family that had some daughter Uh, yeah look it up I can't I don't remember much of it, but there was like a gardener and then there was, I think there was some uncle that came in, maybe some murder or something, but it was like a funny opera Mm -hmm. and it was very entertaining. I might've been drunk, which might be why I don't remember (laughs) it. I can't. Yeah. (laughs) That's what I'll say about that. Okay. But that's pretty much it. Other than looking up the original, like La Vie Bohème or is might just be La Bohème opera La that, Bohème, yeah. that Rent came off of. That's like my entire oh, experience. Yeah, that is true. Okay. <laughs> cool. I just wanted to see how gay the old one was. <laughs> nice. So the opera is called Bluebeard's Castle. Yes. That sounds dope and not very opera. I'm just going to throw that out there. 
Have you ever heard of the French folk tale Bluebeard's? Uh, yeah, Baba Bleu. No. Okay, so Bluebeard's Castle is a adaptation of the French folk tale Baba Bleu, which <laughs> is Baba Bleu. <laughs> Well, Sorry. <laughs> I don't speak French, so I'm allowed to just... <laughs> um, no, I'm not. It's fine. <laughs> so I studied French in elementary school and middle school. And I remember distinctly being told they gave... They, they, our teacher one time told us the Barbe Bleu folktale. And I had nightmares. <laughs> I had nightmares. And, like, my mom had to, like, tell the instructor not to tell us this. <laughs> Because I was so disturbed by it. So that should give you an idea that the opera is going to be mad disturbing. Amazing. This sounds like all of the little children's tales that we were taught in German class, which are all about like chopping off your thumbs if you suck them and things like that. Oh, good so, Lord. Yeah. I'm in your, I'm right up your alley. You're in the headspace for it. Okay, cool. So this was composed by Bartok, who is a very famous Hungarian composer, early 19th century, not 20th century, so the 1900, early 1900s, and it's in Hungarian, and so I'm going to make one attempt to say the name of uh, Bluebeard in Hungarian. Yes. Keksakalu? Uh, and... That is, I'm sorry to all awesome. the Hungarian <laughs> listeners or lovers of the Hungarian language if for how I said that. But that was my <laughs> one time to try it, and then we are going to just keep calling him Bluebeard. I had no idea how to react because I have no reference for anything Hungarian at all. It's a very difficult <laughs> Also, here's the thing. It's a very short opera. It's only an hour long. Wow. And I thought it, very short was maybe an hour and a half like a movie. An hour I mean, that's very short. Yeah. Actually, an hour and a half is still a very short opera. Yeah, totally. <laughs> um, but an hour is like a supremely short opera. <laughs> so we set the scene. There's only two characters, Bluebeard and Judith. Like Judith. Yeah, yeah. Judith. And also the same in German. So the opera opens and they're together and... They have just they together, or are they together, together. They're together, together Ooh, because all right. they have just eloped. They do the exposition where they reveal that actually Judith has kind of just like given up her very comfortable lifestyle and just like given up her family life to pursue her love of this man. Judith, I know he's. Be- and here's the thing: is that Bluebeard's a the very suspicious man. <laughs> <laughs> Truly, um, so Bluebeard, very suspicious man. Like, he lives in a castle outside the town. No one really knows his past. It's, okay. um, she's not making a great decision here, but she's in love. And that excuses everything. Obviously. Yes. So. <laughs> Can I interject for a second? Yeah. I, for some reason, am, um, imagining, when you say Bluebeard, every time, I'm imagining that guy from, um, Pirates of the Caribbean, with the, like, tentacle beard? <laughs> what is his name? I don't know. Okay. But that's what I'm imagining. For some reason, I really just thought sailors. So I had to say that so I can get it out of my brain. Good. For this man who lives in a castle outside of town. Yes. So basically, they're approaching the castle. It's raining. It's creepy. And the whole time, he's just like, why did you give everything up? And she's like, I love you. This is a recurring theme. Yeah. Um, and so they... They, they enter the castle and he always is like, you know, he's like, you know, 
you could still like go back like what a concept when men warn you yeah right (laughs) usually they're like yeah come at me i know um so they enter the castle and it's dark and it's it's just dark and creepy and the light there's no light really and judith is like I want to open the windows. I want to let the light in and clean this castle the same way that my love will clean and purify you and we can, like, be great together. So she wants to fix him. Yeah. Yeah, she does. She does. She wants to fix him. She wants to, like, love him and, like, not be, like, yeah. She just wants, like, good, pure love and, like, she thinks her love can, like, fix everything. And he's just, like... No, like, we're not going to open the windows. <laughs> He's like, it's too dark. He's like, you can't. Like, love me. Ask no questions. <laughs> Same. <laughs> Recurring uh, sentence throughout the, like, right. whole opera. Love me, but ask no questions. So she's like, no, no, no. Like, please like, let's open the windows. And um, he's like, nah. And then he's like, then there's seven rooms in this castle. And they're all locked. And so in addition to wanting to, like, open the windows, she also wants to unlock everything. So, you know, it's that kind of, like, that symbolism of, like, Mm -hmm. we have the light. We're unlocking everything. Like, it's getting open. And if it's open, it it can be, like, clean and pure. And, like, I want to know what's behind the doors. (laughs) I don't think it's going to be clean. Oh, it's not. This is a dungeon crawl, baby. All right. So... (laughs) He's like, so basically just, I'm going to keep reinforcing it, but every single time they open a new room, he's just like, no, let's not. And then she's like, no, it'll be okay. Room number one. (laughs) Behind door number one. (laughs) Yes, my thoughts exactly. (laughs) So behind door number one, a torture chamber. Ooh. With blood splatters. Okay, so not like um, Fifty Shades of Grey style. (laughs) Uh, no, Red no, no. Room. We're starting off with a torture chamber. Okay. Yeah. That's, you can only go up from there, right? Right. Of course. Yeah. So she sees this and is just like freaked out. Of course. Sure. She's a person. Um, so she's freaked out and she's just like, no, no, no. Like, I still believe that we can like make this better. <laughs> like open the windows. We can overcome this. Yeah, like, open, just, like, we can clean it out. Like, let me see the other room. And, again, he's like, we can stop here. <laughs> She's like, no. Behind room number two, a weapon storage room. Ooh, okay. Yeah. What? Again, still some blood everywhere. <laughs> everywhere. Yeah. And, uh, again, she wants to see another room. And he's just like, nope. Behind room number three. Gold storage, so uh, what you might call a treasury. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so then, yeah, again, same deal. Room number four, a garden. Sounds Beautiful. nice. Yeah. Behind room number five. Wait, really? There's no other, like, no, dead bodies underneath the ground there or anything? No, no, no. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. And then <laughs> they go on to room number five, which is actually not so much a room as it is kind of like an outlook onto Bluebeard's kingdom where cool. you can see the garden and the like fields and the forest and the like deers like frolicking <laughs> through the forest and it's like beautiful. And then as they're singing about like the letting the light in and love and blah, 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 something changes and okay. suddenly 
when there's light showing, everything seems a little blood tinged. And there's like clouds. And she's just like, let's let's keep on going. I was really hoping you were going to say that he like sparkled like Edward Cullen in the sun (laughs) or something like that. Would have been fun. No, he just keeps going like, love me, ask no questions. Mm. Um, And so I don't know if you can pick up on this. The settings keep getting a little bit more surreal. Like they're not necessarily like rooms. I didn't pick up on Um, that, but yeah. So yeah, this is like one part of the opera that I think is super cool is that like she's opening all these doors, but they're not really like regular like rooms like in like. I don't know why the only thing that's coming to my mind right now is like the clue board where it's like the conservatory, the kitchen. Like it's not like that. It's just like a garden or like room number five is like his kingdom. But and so it's just it's getting more surreal and like getting like more abstract, but also like hypothetically nicer if you go from like torture to weapons to gold to like nicer, more normal things. Yeah. So no one knows she wants to keep going. I'm prepping you because room number six. Um, so all these things like, right, like there's the blood stained like rooms and there's these like rooms that are kind of nicer. And but also they still turn out to have like just like a darkness to them. Right. Room number six, they walk in and he, this he really he keeps putting up a fight before room number six <laughs> because he's just like, no, room number six. It, they walk in. It's like a white room filled with a sea or a lake of tears. Wow, interesting. Okay, how? Like, how do you know how we know that? Like, did are they just like singing That's what about they're singing, it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I figured um, that was it. Yeah, and so they're singing about mm. it. Um, in the production I saw, I'm it was sorrowful. like a very like bright white room where like they're kind of avoiding (laughs) um but yeah it's just this like it's very creepy (laughs) it feels weird for creepy things well no that's not true i was gonna say it feels weird to have creepy things happen in a bright white room but then i feel like anything i watch that has to do with like people going a little like you know, mentally insane or something, then there's always this, like, asylum room that's always white. But, yeah, I mean, compared to, like, what you would think about in a spooky room. So this is, like, almost hitting the climax of the opera because she's just, like, not giving up. Like, she just still needs to, like, go to the last room and, like, see everything and they they really they spend a, quite a bit of time in this room just like going back and forth about like whether they or not they should like get into the next room. Mm. They should not get into the next room. <laughs> Spoiler alert. <laughs> he relents and he lets her into the, the mm-hmm. seventh room. Again, the seventh room, not like a regular room. It's this like ethereal, just kind of like in between, like twilight space. And they walk in, and there's three women. Oh God! Who are kind of, they're like spirits? Um, okay. They're like dancing, uh, and these are his three former wives. Ooh, that are not alive. Oh shit! <laughs> He's really like, yeah, you can love me, but like, you're gonna die. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wow. And what does she do? She's like, 
freaked out and she okay, i think she, i think we kind of all realized that this is like the end for Judith. Yeah, I it's really like it's weird because like they're not they're not alive. They're just ghosts, but right. it's yeah. This opera kind of like doesn't really like get into the specifics of like what they are. <laughs> it's just like his wives and they're dancing. Um <laughs> but they're not alive. So like spirits, ghosts. So at this point, Bluebeard starts to sing about his love for his wives and like mm-hmm. the love that each of them like gave him and like cuz you know, you can receive different kinds of love for people or like the love you receive feels different mm-hmm. um and so he sings about this Judith still freaked out <laughs> um and uh then she uh yeah so he puts some like jewelry and like crowns on her uh and they're so heavy <laughs> and she just kind of joins she joins the other wives and then he in dance or in death both Ooh, okay so and then he walks out and closes the door and that's the end of the opera what the hell so jesus christ what i have learned from this is don't fucking give up your life for some man who is like don't don't live, come love me I mean, yeah, Jesus. Or is constantly questioning you about why you love him and why you're giving everything. Yeah. I mean, he was right. And also <laughs> blood splatters. Also blood splatters. Yeah. So here's a fun fact. Bartok dedicated this opera to his wife at the time. Hmm. I'm sorry. I had drink in my mouth and actually spit it out. Why the <laughs> fuck would he do that? I don't know. <laughs> Um, Do we know anything about if he had any past wives or anything like that? So this was actually, the wife that he dedicated to was his first wife. Okay. And later on, he would go on to later, like, divorce this wife. And then the next wife he had, oh. a later down was the she line. beheaded? Divorced, beheaded, and died. Divorced, no. Beheaded, so by the time anyway. that he married her, he was in his 40s, and she was in her teens. Oh, gross. Ew. Yes. And was that his last wife? Yeah. Ugh, god damn it. If you're 17, don't get with someone who's 40. That's my take on this. You're like LSPSA. LSPSA. (laughs) Do not do this. Great points that I want to address all around. Um, So here's another fun fact that I love. The way that I saw this opera for the first time is because the it was in a Met streaming Mm -hmm. opera. Um the met this is not the first only one act opera there is for one of their valentine's day performances <laughs> one year in 2015 uh they decided to do like a double feature opera where they did uh this other opera opera called yolanta uh and then they did this one mm-hmm. and they're like perfect the bright side and the dark side of love Ooh, a baby. plus ship it <laughs> like, <laughs> and yolanda's just like Yay, we love each other. Everything is happy. Yeah, Lovely. Yolanta, there's some uh, some strife. That'll be another yeah, episode. Sure. But Yolanta, there's some strife. But everyone just kind of, like, loves each other in the end, and it's okay. Yeah, so do you also maybe want to know about what the original French folktale is? Oh, yeah. I forgot right. that this is based on a folktale. Yeah, Hell so yeah. this is actually a little bit different from the folktale. In the folktale, there is a man called Bluebeard. Mm-hmm. In French, Barbe Bleu. Barbe Bleu. 
and that pretty good? I think that was pretty good. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> and he uh, he's had many wives. He's um he's had many wives, and they all somehow disappear. Hmm. Yeah, and uh, then he like this young woman. I'm sure she has a name. I don't remember. But her this young woman, <laughs> her family's like, oh yes, we're gonna marry you off to Bluebeard, Natural. and um, she's like. Yeah, I feel like that's not a great idea, but, like, no one really listens to her because she's, like, a young woman in, like, the Middle Ages of France. So then they get married, and they're married, and then Bluebeard is like, um, I have to go away for a while for, like, business or something. Um, Sure. We're in – they live in their castle, of course, Middle Ages, Mm -hmm. and he's like, here are the keys to the castle, but there's this one room. And it's locked, mm. and you cannot enter that room. Pandora's box. Yes, he's like, don't enter it. Like, I'll, I'll, like, I'll just, I'll know. Um, <laughs> and so he leaves, and she's just like, she's just chilling, curious, because who wouldn't be? <laughs> so she goes to open the door, mm-hmm. and when she, <laughs> all my nightmares from like elementary school are coming. Oh my back. gosh! Wait, how old were you when they told you this tale? Might have been like. 10 or 11. Okay. I have to have that context in my head. <laughs> um, she opens it and sees, like, all these, like, dead bodies. And the f- room is, Christ. like, co- the floor is covered in blood. Ooh. Wow. <laughs> and these are, and she's found the room where all of his disappeared wives live. Oh, my gosh. Damn. I know. <laughs> Why would he keep them there? <laughs> That's my first question. I'm like, just get rid of them. Yeah, you would think. Ugh, wild. I can't believe they told this to you as a child. It's a folk tale. Why would they do that? What is the what is the story there? At least in the the opera, it feels like there's oh, a bit more of a moral. There's more. Like, okay. So all right. She's as we were horrified and distracted. Drops the keys. Mm-hmm. That she just used to unlock the door. The keys fall in the blood. Sure. <laughs> and she's like, this is fucked up. <laughs> and then she's like, but also I have to wash these keys. <laughs> she can't wash the blood off of the key. Ooh. Yeah. So she's like, oh, so he knows. Oh, shit. Oh, gosh. Yeah. And it's like another one bites the dust situation. Mm. He's like, all right. So like, if you open it, then you're toast. Yeah, and he's like, you know, they're always going to open it. So does he, he just wants to kill people? Or, like, it seems like a bit of a roundabout way. I feel, <laughs> I feel like probably. I feel like there's something sadistic. But yeah. I mean, yeah, definitely. I'm just wondering if, like, if he is, he, like, had this going on, and then he's like, oh, okay, I'm going to have this wife. And, like, if she figures out my secret, then I have to kill her. Or if he's just like... You know, I want to kill these women just for fun. Yeah, maybe maybe it was like a like we'll wait and see situation. Man. Like if it takes this long, then like I'll just do it myself. <laughs> I won't wait. Yeah, <laughs> um, she's past her prime. <laughs> like Dio. <laughs> yeah. So um, he comes back, and uh, so I don't really remember what happens, but they like kind of like kill him. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Some like actual is is retribution the word I'm looking for? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. So because they, that didn't uh, happen in our opera. No, I know, right? <laughs> Here's one more thing I want to talk about. Mm-hmm. 
one of the suggested interpretations of this, like, the rooms in the castle. Is it the levels of hell? No. Okay. I can't remember how many there are, but that was my thought. Anyway, continue. So one <laughs> I of wanted them, to talk about that. One of them is a su- someone suggested that this all represents the composer's emotional guards and relationships you know like when you're like i don't want to let someone in and be vulnerable with someone oh my god i don't want to let them know about my torture fetish (laughs) that was the suggestion is that it like represents like you having like your guards up okay no that makes sense it kind of (laughs) but also like why would like i feel like if people get past your guards that's a good thing Mm-hmm. And like it shouldn't be like I'm locking I'm locking away it. my emotions, and if you access them, I will straight up kill you. Yeah, which might be my approach Agreed. to that. We'll see. Oh my god, Ella! <laughs> <laughs> Never send any dates this podcast episode. <laughs> you know, they can they can deal with it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that was one of the interpretations of that, which I'm like, that is not how I read it at all. I was just no. like, this man wants to murder women. Yeah, this this really just read as like a big cautionary tale. To yeah, me. I like how like I'm men just like, do not get involved analysts with these. Men. We're just like we have our guards up. <laughs> You're just like we're so sensitive. Collateral damage we're just with your in life. the dark with our with our. I want to say <laughs> windows drawn, but I know that that's incorrect. With our blinds, blinds. drawn. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's funny. Yeah. So, to close out the podcast, did it feel evil? I don't know if it felt evil because he specifically was like, don't come in here. Don't open those things. Oops. Um, (laughs) He was like, like you don't want to do this like i feel like if it like you could have the exact same setting and it could be evil if he was like kind of leading her into these things um not that i think that he just like has no um responsibility for any of this but anyway yeah actually I I, end, but yeah he's not yeah i hadn't thought of that where he's actually not, like, pulling her in, really. Right. He's like, stay away from me. Maybe he's like, stay away from me. I'm evil. But at least he's like, you don't want this. And she's like, yes, I do. Yeah, she's, like, pursuing him. Yeah. She can't help herself. Right. Huh. Yeah. It's that bad boy thing. Everyone wants a bad boy. <laughs> but, yeah, no, definitely, like, kind of spooky and creepy with all the things in the rooms, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interested to see how it's staged. So I definitely forgot to record an outro while I was talking to Ella. So here's the new one. And I promise this will become better. Thank you to Ella. Thank you to my listeners. Subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. And the next one will be out in two weeks. I hope you all enjoyed Bluebeard's Castle. And I hope the spooky mood gets you excited and amped up for christmas if you celebrate christmas um happy holidays and see you in two weeks bye